invite you to open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. And let's listen to these uh, words from the Lord. Psalm 84. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, just even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen and may God... Bless the reading of his word. Now, this morning, as we, as we come together, um, I would just say I'm, I'm speaking from the Valley of Baca, from that place, the Valley of Tears. I would rather preach from the mountaintop <laughs> than in the valley. Um, we are here in Psalm 84. It's, you know, I just, again, take encouragement in the Lord as I was just really uh, some time ago thinking through this season and where we would go in the Word of God and just really wrestled a bit with that and was reading and studying and looking. And, and uh, this just all came together. So Psalm 84 was, was uh, sort of on the docket before the events of this week began to, to unfold. I'd already been in Psalm 84 before uh, we realized, we didn't realize till probably about... Tuesday evening into Wednesday, that, that things were accelerating quickly. We hadn't, Dad was declining slowly, um, uh, didn't think it would be uh, quite this quickly. And, but I'd already, we'd, I'd already been in Psalm 84. Uh, it, you know, previously trying to think through preparation and, and even on, on Monday and Tuesday. In fact, uh, Monday we're just out, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Monday just out, Deb and I run some errands and had a uh, a, a conversation and uh, was able to mention that conversation. Hey, I was just reading in Psalm 84 this morning. Uh, and so the Lord, I, I know, has been uh, preparing, preparing our own hearts um, for this week. And I think the reason I'm up here is not to like, be Mr. Hero Pastor. I'm here because I, I said even earlier, well, I've been in Psalm 84. I think I'm supposed to preach this. I think I'm supposed to bring this to us uh, this morning. And so, and so that's where we are. And, you know, I've realized that, that many of you, <laughs> many of you are in the valley too. You're in that valley. You're in that place. Um, this past year, 
Um, and, you know, whether it's been in this past year or four years ago or five years ago, you have been there. Um, many of you are there. And uh, all of us at some point will be there. And so that brings us, if you will, just uh, uh, here uh, to, this, uh, to this psalm. It really speaks to a, a common life experience. I think that all of us can relate to because all of us go through that. Valleys in the Bible are often places of difficulty. Um, you read through the scriptures and you'll find sometimes battles happening in valleys. You'll find valleys to be other times associated with sorrows. Uh, and uh, you'll find uh, in other places valleys associated with threats and vulnerability and, uh, and loneliness. And so in that sense, uh, valleys very much um, parallel life. And so here in Psalm 84, we, we have been introduced to this valley named Baca. It's a Hebrew word there in verse 6 um, of maybe a little bit of uncertain in interpretation. Uh, there's a, a form of the Hebrew term that, that refers to a, a, a specific species of what they call it, an aromatic balsam tree uh, was this. And it was, a, it was a tree there in nature that, that oozed sap. And thus, as one might walk by one of those trees or a grove of trees, you would see the oozing of that sap, and they would, they would refer to them as weeping trees. The term is also a, a term that is translated uh, and interpreted just as weeping uh, and mourning. Uh, it, it's a word that, uh, that's uh, in, in associated with the Christmas story, by the way. Back in Jeremiah 31, 15, which Matthew quotes uh, in Matthew 2, 18, upon the incident of this, what we call the slaying of the innocents there in Bethlehem, as Herod ordered uh, the execution of uh, those children aged two and under. And, and, and Matthew speaks of that uh, in fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping, there's our term, weeping. A loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. So when we think of, of this valley, I, I know sometimes we use that term, and, and sometimes we'll think of valleys, we can think of these, these, these sort of plains, you got you know, maybe these hills or mountains way on these sides, and these lush, fertile, green plains. The Valley of Baca is not like that. It's not that kind of a valley. It's a valley of weeping. It's a valley of loss. Psalm 84 flowed from that place, from that valley of, of weeping. There are some who, who say that uh, this was an actual valley near Jerusalem. Can't be pinpointed for certain. They probably uh, do that because the, the, the sense of the psalm is that as pilgrims were coming to Jerusalem, they would... They would sing this, but we don't know that for certain. Others associated with another actual valley in various places in the land. Probably it is best to just understand this valley of Baca as a, as a poetic description, a poetic statement that's talking about 
the experiences one has on their way to Mount Zion. Um, it's mentioned here in this psalm in, in really the second of three stanzas to this song. Verses 1 through 4 really sort of comprise that, that first stanza, and that's a stanza that, that it, as we read, you could, you could hear the longing and the desire of the heart of the psalmist, his, 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 desi- his desire to be and to dwell in the presence of his God. You, you get the sense there was no place he would rather be. There was no better place he could be than to be in the presence of the Lord there in verses 1 through 4. And then you, you, you bump to the third stanza of the psalm, verses 8 through 12, and there you have, you have a prayer that's offered up and a promise connected with the arrival that repeats the thoughts that we read there in verse 1 as they have longed for it. And there at the end of the psalm, there's a sense in which they have come to it. They've arrived at it. But between the longing for Zion and the arrival in Zion is the pilgrimage to Zion. And we get a little glimpse of that there in verses 5 through 7. Written out of the historical context of worshipers there in Israel who would, who would go up to Jerusalem, they'd go up to the temple, sometimes called Mount Zion, they would go up there for their feasts, they'd go up there for the festivals, and, and as they journeyed, from wherever they were coming, as they journeyed, and especially as they began to approach Jerusalem and Mount Zion, they would, they would sing songs like this. As they were arriving, you see, their destination that they had in view here was, was better than going to Grandma's for Christmas, going up to the house of the Lord. The psalmist, I, I, and I found tremendous comfort in this throughout the week, the psalmist reminds us that when we go through the valley of Baca, God is with us. Emmanuel is with us. As we make the pilgrimage, Emmanuel is with us as we, as we come to that valley, that, that valley of, of sorrow, that, that valley of, of mourning. Emmanuel, God is with us. We're reminded of that in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The name Emmanuel assures us that God is with us in the valley without any shadow of a doubt. And so this, this valley of, of Baca is a poetic expression of tears and of sorrow. And certainly that's where I find myself this morning. And some of you do too. Because you've been there recently. Maybe still there. And so we, in that valley, uh, is, is where we are. Lord gave us the privilege of just being at the bedside of, of, of Dad this week. Uh, we were able to be there to, to talk to him, um, to, uh, with the wonderful thing of our technology, to let all my siblings talk to Dad by way of phone uh, as he was there so they could all make their connections with him and, and talk to him and thank him. And uh, there was much scripture read 
uh, some who stopped by to read the scriptures to, to dad and siblings who, who read scriptures to him over the, over the phone. Uh, there was in all of that uh, chances again to, to claim the truths that, that we talk about and you know, for, to, to claim the truths for my dad that he preached about uh, for the lives of his, the, the years of his ministry and the, the truths that he, he spoke to others in the churches that he pastored and the students that he, my dad loved young people, by the way, and uh, uh, the, the young people that he, that he touched as a, as a Christian school teacher and as a pastor um, in those hours to, to just remind dad of those truths, uh, to, to be there to hold his hand. And not to stroke his hair. As the uh, as the the breath of life just slowly ebbed from his body, I think of that, and and there's two words that come to mind. That's awful. Death is awful, but it's sacred. And in that awful moment of death, for the believer, it's sacred. I don't know. I don't know all the mystery of it, but in the in that moment for the believer, as we leave this life and and go to the next and go to the Lord, that's a sacred moment. I, I'm I'm thankful to the Lord that it could be that. I, I realize it's it's not that for everybody. I understand that. My heart breaks for for, for those who who it, it isn't that sacred moment. And I would just say to you, the reason it's a sacred moment is because of Christ. That's why. <laughs> you know, he's the one that, he's taken the sting out of death, right? Because he, he defeated death. He's overcome it. And, 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 because, and because of Christ, and because my dad's faith was in Christ, and, 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 and again, I think of just so many of you, as you've been at the bedside of that loved one who was in Christ, it was an awful it's an awful thing. There, I, I think you know, death is that. Death is an enemy, right? It's an enemy. It's a thief. But it's not the victor. <laughs> Christ is the victor. And thus, in the awfulness of it, and, and you've been there, and you know it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it, 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 it's holy, but it's not pretty. It's not pretty but it's sacred. And to be able to, to, to be there and to be a part of that. And like I said, many of you have been there. Some of you are there this morning. Valleys sometimes are seasonal. And some of you probably, you know, for the most part, maybe this year's been, been pretty good, but we're coming to Christmas. And, and Christmas, Christmas is a valley for you. Um... You sort of dread the loneliness of the season, especially as you see everyone getting ready for family and all the celebration of, of family. And, and some of you maybe don't have that. And, and the season of joy just has a little bit of dread. There's a little bit of, Christmas is a little bit of a valley for you. Um, 
You know, valleys can be, can sort of be like pockets in our lives. It's like, it's like sometimes, sometimes we're not, we're not in a valley in the entirety of our being, you know, because things are, things are, you know, here and in, in, in this part of our life, things are going well and hey, it's good, but, but there's just that little pocket in our life that's like the valley. <laughs> um, that, that, that little pocket of heartache, that, that little pocket of fear, of uncertainty, of, of doubt. You know, hey, you know, you've got a good marriage and the job's going great, but, but your grown kids are doing some crazy heartbreaking stuff. There's a little valley there. Or, or you know, you, you've sincerely been seeking the Lord. You want him, but you're still dealing with some anxiety about, about your job or a health issue. And just, you know, sort of on the mountaintop in this area of your life, and you're down in the valley in this area of your life. It works that way, too. Sometimes, sometimes all of life can feel like a valley. And uh, sometimes part of your life is the valley. In that, in that sense and in that picture, valleys aren't, aren't pleasant. They're they're dark, they're difficult, they're depressing, they're dangerous. Um, they're not easy places to get through. Some people get stuck in the valley. So what do you do? What do you do um, when you go through the valley of Baca? Well, look at verse... Verse 5, the beginning of verse 5, says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Well, here's, here's what we've got to do. We've got to remember where our strength is. Over there in verse 7, he says, that They go from strength to strength. <laughs> from strength to strength. We've got to remember where your strength is. I realize you may be here this morning and maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. There's, there's not been that time when you've called out and to him for forgiveness and for life. You're, you're, so in that sense, you're, you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and you really don't know God intimately in relationship like what we see in the Scriptures. And, and, and yet you, you know what it feels like to get to that place of utter exhaustion. You, you know what it feels like in your life to, to, have, to have nothing more to give and nowhere to go. As followers of Jesus, and I am one of those, we get to that place and we have someone to go to. Who's beyond us, who's bigger than us. We have strength from, a, from above. We have strength from God. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. He's with us. He's there to help us. I've been doing some working out at the gym in a class, and I realize it shows. You can just, you can just doesn't it? Kind of get an amen on that. <laughs> I know you, you can't see it under all this fine clothing. You know, so. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so we go and uh, been in, in doing some of these workouts, and some, some of the workouts are what they call build, and so we're using, we're using heavier weights and fewer reps. 
So let's see if we can press this thing a little bit more, and you don't have to do as many. Trying to decide, you know, is that good? So sometimes we do build, sometimes we do burn, so we've got lighter weights, but we're doing more reps. Which is best? Neither. (laughs) I've learned neither. Because either way, either way I reach my limits. Um, I, I was doing one the other week, and I'm trying to remember if it was a build or a burn, which proves my point. Uh, and by my last time through the rotation, it, it, I don't, it doesn't matter how much determination I had. It didn't matter how much will I had, I could not get the weight up to where it was supposed to go. I was just there, and nothing, nothing. It was, it was my last time through, by the way, not my first time. And so what would help? Certainly the trainer was there to help in the moment. The, the, the text here doesn't say, blessed is the person who believes in himself or herself. Does it? Um, it doesn't say there, blessed is the person who tries harder. Blessed is the person who is determined. Now that fits more with the, the mentality of our culture. We idolize independence. And we detest dependence. Not everybody. But there's this, it seems that there's this part of us that just, we, we just think that, that, that superior humanity, superior existence is independence. And the more independent, self-sustaining, self-sufficient you are, the better you are. And when that's in your mind, if that gets in my mind, it does affect my attitude towards others that don't have it together. It's like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have it together? We, there is that kind of a, that kind of a mentality Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. When the angel announced a spectacular, supernatural thing to Mary, that she would bear a child, she said, how can this be? I'm not married. How can I have a child? I've never had relations with a man, and I'm not planning to right now. Not, I haven't consummated this marriage yet. How can I be with child And the answer, God would do it. I'll do that. I'll take care of that. The Apostle Paul testified that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. So how do we get to that valley? Well, we just got to, we got to do the beginning part of verse 5. We got to remember where our strength comes from. And we got to turn to that strength. Well, look at it says at the end of, of, of verse 5, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I think that speaks, if you will, in the sense of, of us needing to turn our minds toward God. Turn your mind, turn your heart toward God. 
He, he talks here about pilgrimage. Well, pilgrimage to where? Well, the psalm tells us. He, he's talked about your tabernacle, the courts of the Lord, your altars, your house. He talks about Zion down in, in verse 7. There in Jerusalem where God was. The, to be set on pilgrimage is to be set on God and dwelling with God and being with God and, and relishing and being strengthened and encouraged in the presence of God. So put your mind there. Fix your mind there. Paul said, if you've, been with, if you've been risen with Christ, seek the things which are above. You know, when, when you're on a mountaintop, you know, the sun's shining down on you, and, and from the mountaintop you can look down on the world, and it's just, just beautiful, magnificent, awesome, worship-inspiring scene. But in the valley, it doesn't seem like the sun. The sun doesn't reach some of the crevices of the valley. There's lots of shadows in the valley. And in the valley, you're looking down on nothing. <laughs> you're looking up on rock walls all around, cliffs. That's what you see. Your trouble wants to dominate your thinking. Your heartache wants to dominate your, your thinking so though, that no matter where you look, that's all you see. And, and we, sometimes we get caught in those times and, and we look at the whole world through the emotions of our valley of tears and loss and emptiness. And, and our minds race and we become anxious about what might happen living as if it has happened. And it just, it, it tends to consume and take over. Turn your mind to God. Down in the valley, turn your mind to God. Oh, the, 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 the sun and the warmth of, of the mountaintop may not be reaching down into the depths of the valley, but God's with you there. He's not waiting for you at the top of the mountain. He's down in the valley with you. Turn your mind toward God because he gives strength to the weak. Verse 6, as they... As they pass through the valley of Baca. Let me just stop there. So, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca. So, remember your destination. I think that's part of this, too. Remember your destination. It doesn't say as they stay in the valley, but as they pass through it on their way to Zion, to where God is, to Jerusalem. Not, not as they avoid the valley, not as they walk around the valley, but as they pass through the valley. Perhaps you've been in the valley and, you, and, you, and you're there, God, get me out of here. Make this thing go away. Make it stop, God. I want out of this. Can't take anymore. Maybe you've been there. So often we want, we want out of the valley, but God is showing us how to go through it with him. Because God is with us in that valley as much as he is with us on the mountaintop. The psalmist said, weeping may endure for the night, but the night gives way to the dawn, right? And joy comes in the morning. 
So in your pilgrimage, don't lose sight of the destination. Never lose sight of the destination. Never. I mean, that's like, that's like totally missing the point of life. If we lose sight of the destination. The destination is not the valley of Baca. The destination is Zion. The destination is God. Verse 10, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. I would rather take, I would rather the sound, I'd rather take the, the lowest place there is in the house of God than to have this, this uh, luxurious sort of this oriental setting of the, uh, of, of the, of the, of the tents and, and, and all that goes with it. I would rather have the lowest place in the house of God than this luxurious, exalted place in the world. You see, what brings us through the valley is longing for Zion more than longing for whatever it is we feel we've been denied in the valley. You see, I, I, can, I can choose to become entrapped by my grief. I can choose to become entrapped by my loss. Or I can remember in my case where dad's gone and I'm headed there too. Sometimes what we're grieving in the valley is something we love more than God. And when that happens, we get stuck in the valley. So remember your destination. Remember your destination. And then he says there, end of 6, they make it, so, so those, those who have, whose strength is, is in the Lord, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, they, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. I think the counsel, if you will, out of that poetic reflection is this. Look for God where you are right now. Look for God where you are right now. Don't think that you're not going to see him again until you get back to the mountaintop. Okay? It, it, it's dark in the valley. It can be cold in the valley. It can be dry in the valley. It can be arid there. It can be barren. It can be lonely. It can be fearful. But God's there because he's with us. He's not waiting for you to get to the, back to the mountaintop. He's with you in the valley. Look for God where you are right now. And the picture here is that, that, this, that this dry place becomes a refreshing spring, if you will. Th- those who, who have set their mind on the Lord, who find their strength in the Lord, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, what they do is there in that valley, they make a well. They dig a well. When you dig a well, what are you looking for? Water. Or, or if you will, the, the picture is sort of clearing the space and maybe, maybe digging, digging out uh, an, an area to collect the water, the, the, the picture of a cistern. So, so as the rain might fall, as, as it might, there, there's a place to collect the water. And if you will, from, from, that, from that refreshing water from the spring or that water that comes from the rainfall that's collected in this cistern, from that, if you will, comes this, this picture of refreshing the land, revitalization. You know, the, the, in, in, a, in a valley, if you will, out in, you know, in a, in a, in a field, uh, by the end of the summer, things can look pretty brown and parched. He talks about these autumn rains these, that, that come, and, and that which was so dry and dark and brown and barren, all of a sudden 
you see life, you see greenery. Sort of the picture that he gives to us there. So how do you do that? Well, these who come into the valley, they start digging the well. Maybe it hasn't rained yet, but they get ready. And what are they doing as they do that? They are trusting, they are trusting the Lord, verse 12. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. That they're really doing, it's sort of like what, when Jesus was here on earth, and there's you know, times that he would, in, in performing his miracles, I mean, there was the time that a guy came who had a, a withered hand, so he couldn't do anything with it. And what did Jesus tell him to do? Stretch it out. What did he need to do? He needed to stretch it out. <laughs> and Jesus wasn't going to come over here, let me show you, let me show you, you really can do this. Okay, I'll, t- I'll take your hand, I'll take your hand, and, and now I'm going to stretch it out for you. He said, stretch your hand out. Uh, he said another, on another occasion, uh, a lame man, Jesus said to him, take up your mat and, and head for home. Why didn't Jesus, you know, I mean, Jesus could have finished the job, right? Okay, I'm going to pick you up, I'm going to get you upright, make sure you're stable, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you make sure everything's okay, and when, you're, when your legs are steady and, and, you're, and you're not afraid, then I'll, then I'll, I'll let go so you can, so you can step, God's, Jesus said, no, no, okay. Um, get up, you know, take up your mat and walk and go home. The man had to, if you will, do that. And, and, and there's a sense in which, uh, in, in, you know, he had to get up before he could ever walk. And Jesus said, you, you trust me. And I want you to show you trust my power to heal you by standing up. If you garden, you, you sort of do this same, same thing by planting seed. If you don't plant the seed, you'll never get a garden. But you plant it trusting God to provide the rain. You plant it trusting God to provide the harvest. And so maybe instead of waiting God, you know, theoretically waiting for God to show up with his comforting presence, how about you start digging the well? How about you start making the cistern to hold the rainwater? How about you start looking for God's blessing in the valley right now? God is there. Because his name is Emmanuel. God with us. Now here's my little neat conversation. So Deb and I are out on Monday running some errands over to Sam's Club, hoping it would be like sample day, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, we ran into Bonnie Hawkins. Many of you remember Pastor Hawkins and, and Bonnie Hawkins. They, they worshiped with us for a while, and, and Pastor Hawkins just a faithful minister of the Word of God up in Cleveland. And, and uh, you may know that this pastor has been a really tough year physically for him. A couple times they thought he was going to be gone, that the Lord was going to take him home. Uh, in fact, I know John and I visited him back in January, February, and even that day we visited, we weren't sure that he would be here much longer. And so just in talking with Bonnie, uh, she said, uh, you know, all of it started about the mid- middle of January. Um, but as we talked, you know, he was home. Uh, he's undergoing dialysis now. Um, but, uh, but he's home. But he was in and out of the hospital continuously from... January to about August, I think three different hospitals, and I forget how many different rehab facilities. Uh, so it's appointments, and it's running up back and forth to Cleveland. You've met, some of you have been there, and 
talking to this doctor, trying to figure out this thing, and, and just, just, uh, just a constant on that. And, and Bonnie was saying that a friend of hers, that, that, as they had shared, his, in, who was walking with her through that experience, had just encouraged her to look for God's blessing in the burden. To, 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 look for, to look for evidence of God's presence every day. And, and so she, she said she began to find it in the blessing of actually having the same doctor. You know, time after time, instead of having to always be starting over with, with the, the blessing of that same, I mean, I, we would say, we, we found with my parents, the blessing of the same aid. Because it was hard for them any time anytime you got a new aid, not that they didn't preach, it was hard to start over. And so just, just the blessing of that same aid. For us, we'll just say the, the blessing of hospice that came and stood with us. There was, there was the blessing of the Lord in that. The blessing of the Lord in, 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 in visits. And she, she said that, that, that she would learn uh, that, that it didn't happen all the time, but sometimes she, she would show up, you know, at the, at the doctor or the hospital or wherever, and there was an open parking space up close. It didn't happen all the time. It's not a name it and claim it kind of a thing. It's, a, it's just, God, you know what my need is. And, and she pulls in, there's a parking. And, and, and in the provision of that parking place, she saw the blessing of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're here. You're here. I'm not alone. I'm not going through this by myself. You see, the tears of Baca become a source of spring water that covers the valley with blessing. You see, God never promised that you wouldn't go through the valley. He never promised that to any of us. He promised you'd never go through the valley alone. That's a difference maker. God is with us. So I wonder what the valley is in your life this morning. It it may be like your whole being, you feel like the totality of who you are is in, the val- is in the valley, or it may just be a part of you. The valley of hurt, or the valley of sadness, or loneliness, or fear, or maybe it's the valley of anger, maybe it's the valley of guilt. Where, where do you need God's presence in your life? Maybe it's in your marriage. God is with you in your marriage. Maybe it's handling some situations with your children. God's with you. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's, maybe it's some, some health issues. I mean, who knows? Maybe some of you have, you know, you've had that appointment with the doctor and they want to see you like after the first of the year and you're wondering, like, mm, what are they going to find in January? Where, where do you need God's presence? Well, listen, ask him. Ask him for his strength. Keep your mind, keep your mind fixed on him. Not, you know, yeah, I, I know that, the, that the, the hardship and the pain and the sorrow, it's, it's very real because it's, it's right there. <laughs> the burden is right there. But keep your eyes fixed on on Christ. Keep the destination in view. This world's not our home, you know that. If you're in Christ, 
We long for the presence of the Lord. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for my dad, faith has become sight. That's why in, in my statement I put, you know, dad has gone home to be with his Lord and reunited with mom, and that, that, in that order, intentionally. Dad's more thrilled to see Christ than my mom. I, I just know that because of what the scriptures tell us about Christ. But there is reunion with mom as well. Keep the destination in view. Don't lose sight of that. And then start looking for the blessing. Because he is with you in a thousand tiny ways that you may overlook. Father, thank you that you will meet us in the valley. And we know that because Jesus Christ came in flesh as a person, as one of us. The sinless Son of God who loved us came and reached out to people who are hurting and broken by sin, which is your specialty. Jesus came and he walked. (laughs) He walked the Valley of Baca. He knows what it's like. He's been there. And he will meet us there. He will meet us where we are. He will love us where we are. He will love us as we are. But Lord, thank you that he won't keep us as we are. He'll change us through Jesus Christ. He will forgive us. He will give us life. He will give us hope. He will not abandon us. So Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who needs that, who needs his forgiveness, who needs life through the crucified, risen, coming again Savior, oh Lord God, today in the valley, may they cry out to you because you're there. Lord, across this auditorium, there are people in the valley. They're in the valley of tears, of loss and of sorrow. But you are Emmanuel. You are Emmanuel. You are with us through the miracle of incarnation, God becoming flesh. You will be with us through the miracle of salvation. And you will take us through the valley in Jesus Christ. So Lord God, across this congregation, even now, might we lift our prayers to you. We need you. We need your strength. We need need the strength of your presence, the grace and the comfort of your presence. Help us to see the blessings right now. And Lord, take the tears that flow and turn them into springs that will bring refreshing, that will bring fruitfulness, that will bring great praise to you. For you are with us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.